Hello and welcome back to Seven Vineyards Podcast, Box Set Binge the Bible. My name is Bern Leckie. I'm here today with Owen Lynch. Hi, Owen. Hi, Bern. We are enjoying a journey through the Bible, listening all the way through. I've put my book away completely. It's gathering dust on a shelf. Instead, I've got David Suchet talking to me with stuff from the Bible, and he's very good, I think. What do you think, Owen? Yeah, I'm loving what David Suchet says. I have to say, I actually somehow inadvertently switched to the American uh, message version, actually, and that was also very interesting. Oh, so we can do it. Any, any version, any version's good. And what we've been listening to this week has been the end of Acts of the Apostles, which is the second of Luke's books about Jesus and the people who followed him. First was Luke's Gospel, Acts is the sequel. Now, to me, it's starting to feel like the main thing. I don't know about you. I mean, obviously, there's lots of very important stuff about Jesus is in the Gospel, but it's what happens as a result, what's happening because of people's belief in Jesus, but also because of what God does with people who believe in Jesus. This is really, really well described in Acts of the Apostles. And I felt maybe for a lot of my life, I didn't really pay that much attention, considering that was that similar to our situation. This feels like the main event to me. What do you think? Yeah, and I wonder whether that might be something to do with the fact that when Luke writes Acts, that actually a lot of what we see in Acts is actually Luke's first-hand experience. We notice that, don't we? Yes, it suddenly goes into we. We went on the ship and we did this and we did that. That's right. So, so the, yes, noticing that, you suddenly feel much closer. I felt closer into the story and closer into what was happening. Um, but this section that we've started on this week started with chapter 10, where there was this mind-blowing event. And I think it's impossible to overstate what a big deal it is. Peter has these dreams that uh, something's happening. It looks like food and it's and God's saying something and it sounds like don't write off something that I've made clean. And Peter's completely bemused by the whole thing. But that connects with a visit then. He's asked to pay to someone's house and not just an ordinary someone, but a Roman soldier it turns out that this Roman soldier has been a, a sort of a God-fearer for a while and and isn't Jewish, so isn't able to join in with everything that's going on at the temple. But God has done something there that that enables Peter to go, actually, you are part of it. God is doing something with you. And then the Holy Spirit turns up and, 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 and no one can imagine. You, now... I don't know, does that, that just sounds like a thing. And if you don't believe in, in like, you know, the Holy Spirit being active today, it wouldn't sound like a very important thing. But to people at the time, who got filled with the Holy Spirit? Very few people, like, like very, very holy people, people who could pass on the word of God faithfully, people that God picked out and, and were celebrated in history and stories. And then... There's this remarkable thing at the beginning of Acts where loads of people get filled with the Holy Spirit, but they all seem to be Jewish. And then this is the first time when we see that is spilling out beyond the Jewish family and into other people. And to Jewish people especially, that was astonishing. And then not only that, <laughs> but the whole business of... So, so I guess they become Jewish now. You know, they uh, let's 
let's arrange some bar mitzvahs and and tell them to not stop eating pork, all that sort of thing. But no, <laughs> that's the even bigger shock. They're not expected to do any of that um, because Jesus, it turns out, is enough. And that reshapes everything about what people thought about the law and the whole purpose of the law. <laughs> you're right, Ben. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I would call it a pivot point. Yeah. A real pivot point. I actually think Jesus talks about this actually in his life. I think if we look back in Luke, we can see moments where Jesus actually talks about this in this way, but I don't think his followers got it. Um, and and I think Peter has this kind of epiphany, like you say, this kind of really deeply significant dream, which then manifests itself in a practical reality of, uh, of, of seeing these Gentiles, these non-Jews, uh, affected by the Spirit of God in a way that they'd been witnessing many, many Jews um, since what they call the day of Pentecost, which is actually a Jewish festival of Pentecost, uh, where there there was this uh, there was the experience of the first apostles, you know, being touched by what looked like fire, and and them suddenly being able to speak in lots of different languages, and and uh, suddenly animated. It's difficult to know exactly what was meant, but certainly very animated in a way that was uh, was uh, considered to be inspired by a spirit, a spirit, a Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. So yeah, it's very interesting. And I agree, it is a massively, massive pivot point because from this point on, Peter, who's the de facto leader of this group of people, acknowledges that this is not just for Jews, but it's for Gentiles as well. And therein, there flows the rest of the book of Acts. Uh, I just think you're absolutely right to highlight that as the most central point of this of this account. Absolutely fascinating. But how does that make you feel? What, what's your thoughts and feelings about that? Does it move you in any way? Yeah, very much. I think along the lines of having heard the rest of Luke's, everything else Luke's offered, and from the beginning when we started listening through Luke, I was struck with the inclusivity of it. The, the fact that this was an account written just from just from the very beginnings of it's a Jewish story and it sounds like it's going to be a Jewish story and we hear, we see the Jewish family tree. If you can imagine this visually, you're sort of scanning through the, the family tree all the way back to Father Abraham. Had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. And that's how you know you're Jewish. But then, hold on, he carries on going and he carries on going and he carries on going all the way back to Adam. I was like, oh, well, in that case, this is everyone's family tree. And then all the way back beyond Adam to God. So it's it, God is involved. We, we are part of this family, which is part of what God is doing. And that's not just Jewish people. That is all of us. That is all inclusive, which is amazing. And, and so it feels then like a fulfillment of purpose that what God was doing in the world that, that, that is visible at this moment in Acts is is a fulfilment of the inclusion of everyone in the family. And God has said so many times in the Old Testament that Israel was going to be a light to the world and, and a blessing for the nations. And it wasn't just its own thing. It was going to be what God was going to do through Israel was going to change everything for everybody. What really is happening here is, is that Peter's worldview is being shifted. Where, where he goes, ah, uh, God loves us. 
God loves all people regardless uh, of, uh, of of belief systems or religion or because of course the Romans weren't without religion they they were a polytheistic uh, culture they worshiped many gods there was there was lots about the Roman Empire that uh, and of course Cornelius is a, is a Roman centurion so it you know I, I actually think Luke has a bit of a soft spot for Roman centurions because he seems to mention them quite a bit Jesus's interaction with Roman centurions when he was uh, you know uh, in, in 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 Galilee and 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 again we see a Roman centurion playing a central part in Pisa's narrative or rather well, Luke's well, I, narrative I think we've hit on the central theme of the book rather <laughs> yes yes uh, i think you just got soft spot i think i think the whole thrust of the book is i'm not just telling a story about this little country that's somewhere on the edge yeah. of the roman empire i'm telling yeah. a story about rome yes. and romans and there this is go. where it's all ending up there you go and that's particularly true isn't it of paul because i think as you highlight there and although you didn't say it what what Acts actually ends with Paul in Rome. So let's just talk briefly about Paul, because obviously from Acts 10 onwards, we see quite a bit of narrative. And that, to be honest, Ben, that's what really struck me about Acts 10 to the end uh, in these 18 chapters was this is about this man, Paul, and the way in which this man, Paul, uh, travels across the whole of the Mediterranean area, trying to uh, persuade Jews <laughs> that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Mm. and it's it's riven with conflict and wherever he goes jews oppose him and you know um uh, you know i mean you just have to read uh, paul's letters uh, to see that but also right through from chapter 10 to 18 i observe paul simply being in conflict with jews who do disagree with him that uh, jesus is the messiah and also his second assertion that not only is jesus the messiah for the jews he's also the messiah for every person mm. who's ever walked on the earth and and i find that um uh paul the most intriguing person and i feel like i want to get to know paul more although i have to say i find paul quite an abrasive character uh whenever i read it whatever i read in acts here or listen to in acts and also through my knowledge and experience of reading the letters of paul mm -hmm. um, and we'll listen we'll get more of that as we listen to the letters of paul he's quite an abrasive difficult character and mm. someone that you don't really want to fall out with um so mm. there's lots to explore there and i'm intrigued to explore more about that i think it's very difficult sometimes to know how to interpret paul um yeah. and 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 there's a common mistake an easy mistake to make would be to take any of his speeches or something out of context and go mm. there you go he set a rule there for everybody where yeah. he's clearly just in the middle of an argument with somebody <laughs> exactly yeah um, and what I love, and now people argue about these sort of details in the letters, uh, which is bad enough. But I think before we get to the letters, it's worth bearing in mind these pictures that we have of Paul. And one thing I love is that the the flow of story in Acts of the Apostles puts Paul and the other uh, followers of Jesus into all these different, unusual, surprising situations. And so when they explain to people what who God is and what the gospel is and how Jesus did something important to them and what they've got to do about it, it's not that it's it's not that they're changing it to try and sell it to people. It's the opposite. There is a there's a core of truth in it which never changes, but it does change. Their approach to it really changes. Like, but what Paul says to the people up on the hill the Areopagus sounds very different from what he says when he's with a crowd of Jewish people uh, in a synagogue. And that's not because there's two different gospels. It's because everyone we meet 
is going to need to hear about the same sorts of things in different ways that make sense to them. And this, I think, is still a very much an ongoing challenge for us because, you know, what? How do we explain to people what Jesus is about and what this life, this what this kingdom is about? That he proclaimed, uh, unless we find a way of making it make sense. Um, it's it, 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 we could be just wasting our breath by telling people to come along to our churchy things and come and start doing what we do and then come start believing what we believe because it all looked nuts. But um, but I think what Acts shows me is that through all these different cultures and to all these different people, there were always ways of, of showing um, the power of what God could do and and how important and how good and how life-changing that could be. And, uh, and and every time I look at Paul doing it in a different way, I'm just amazed, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think that, you know, it just reminds me that Paul was an incredibly talented person. Uh, he was a very smart guy, very uh, able to articulate what he thought. And, and but also probably also very inspired. Mm. And, uh, and I think that. You know what we see with Paul is his road to Damascus experience, mm. and and perhaps even his ongoing. I think no, not perhaps, but definitely his ongoing testimony about his own uh, ongoing com- conversations with Jesus. I mean, uh, although we've been listening to this um, uh, via John Suchet, um, if you if you have a Bible like mine where the words of Jesus are highlighted in red, there's a surprising amount of red text in acts which is effectively the voice of jesus speaking to paul uh, and peter i might add uh, and and i think it's quite interesting because i think that um what we what we see here is a man who is on a mission and uh, and and actually this mission lasts i think around about 12 to 15 years mm. um from the time that he encounters jesus on the road to damascus right through until he dies sometime scholars thinking about ad 64 whilst under house arrest in rome Mm. Mm. and we just see we just see um we see quite a lot of the the sort of uh tumultuous and uh, difficult challenges that he goes through and how mm. he responds to them and i think some of that that some of uh paul's expressions and his arguments and the way he addresses things actually speak more about where he's at as a person going through these challenges that we see mm. written down in acts 10 to 28 I think it's worth me pointing out, and 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 judge me how you like on this, but it's worth me pointing out that the way I see some bits of the Bible, and particularly Acts, I think has probably changed over the years. And in particular, I used to look at Acts like I would read any account of stuff that happened, of like, oh, this, there must have been a camera stuck on the wall somewhere, and and uh, you know, Luke has faithfully written down exactly what we would do in that situation and faithfully transcribed every conversation and this is you know this is just an account of what happened and and there and then and then the question comes up well so what's its purpose well is its purpose just to tell us what happened okay well that's interesting and so what is its purpose to tell us what happened so that we know about this one time when god blessed people particularly with the holy spirit and that was the age of apostles and that's over now that was a that was a long time ago we're just reading it now to be interested in what happened then i don't i don't think like certainly the growing parts of the church in the 21st century don't believe that at all the the, the growing parts of the church that are 
Pentecostal and and expect to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit believe that much of what was written about in Acts is stuff that we ought to expect now, at least aspects of at least the blessing and the you know sometimes the healings and sometimes the the miracle woe stuff, but but also what goes along with that, what should go along with that. I I can't get away now from thinking about acts slightly differently i don't i don't see it primarily as just an account of something that happened then but much more of a flavor of what to expect in the kingdom in god's kingdom on an ongoing basis bear in mind jesus's original invitation to uh to people who wanted to follow him was we translate as repent and believe well repent is an interesting word uh, that doesn't just mean say sorry for your sins. That was part of the meaning. But it, but it also means change your mind. Expect to have your mind changed. And we can see the account of that happening really, really clearly through Acts. You've got people like Peter who clearly thought they knew what God was going to do, what Jesus was about, and then had his mind changed. And Acts 10 is maybe like the epicenter of that he had his mind changed about what god could do is luke only writing that so we know about inclusion of gentiles or is he writing that so that we can expect on an ongoing basis to need to be plugged in to to what god's doing to need to be filled with the spirit ourselves and to need to be ready to have our minds changed so that some of the things we thought maybe five, ten years ago, we might not think the same today. And we might also change our minds about certain things, you know, later on. So rather than entrench in our what we think God ought to be doing, the only viable way of life and following Jesus faithfully, I think, is is to let him carry us and let him change our minds. What do you think? Well, I think there'll be some some people listening to this who will go, that sounds a bit uh different to what i've heard from other uh, people talking about the bible um i think there'll be some people that will be like yeah that makes a lot of sense and i think the former group um uh, who would say can we can we can we can we expect god to change our mind on things that we've believed for a long time well i, th- I think the answer to that question is can you expect to change your mind on anything else you know Science is always changing. We're always discovering new things through our observations and measurement of natural phenomenon. And scientists will change their theories of uh, this, that, and the other on a routine basis uh, as they discover more information. And uh, I, I think there is, uh, I think there's good, good reason for, to suggest that as we listen to God and as we combine what we have learnt and what we read in the Bible with our own experiences and as we think about the traditions that we've inherited of course we need, we will find ourselves at times in different places in fact uh, many great theologians would agree that tradition reason and um, experience are like the, the kind of the three legs of uh, biblical understanding um, and so yeah I think uh, I think I think we see that with Peter here yeah. I think we see a shift in his mentalities, his experience and his revelation from God, yeah. which is really changing his thinking about something that traditionally he's held firm to for a long, long time. So I think, yeah, I think there is scope for us to change our mind on stuff. And uh, there's good good precedent for that. 
I think we should just basically expect, expect the same for us. And the journey might take a really long time and the journey might surprise us a lot. That's what I'm saying. Let's just allow ourselves to be surprised. And above all, I, you know, I want us to be able to, to, to come together and thank God for it. Uh, ultimately, because it's not about how clever we were and how, how you know, what good arguments we made. It's about what God has done with us and how God has changed and shaped us and, and whether we've seen, as I think we do, see real change in the world when when we can just share a bit of our understanding of, of Jesus and, and when we can properly love people the way he's equipping us to. Yeah, that's very profound, Ben. I want, I want to get better at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so with that in mind, as we uh, look uh, beyond the end of Acts, where are we moving next, Burn, in our Bible binge? So next, we're going to rewind all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis tells the origin stories of people and of so many human experiences that are universally relatable it's not just a story i think about about a bunch of stuff that happened a long time ago it includes lots of meaningful stories that have long time sort of permanent resonance with us because we recognize what anger is and because we recognize what trying to make things even when we've been wronged looks like and the origin stories of all of those sorts of feelings and all those sorts of ways of organizing ourselves so that so that we can try and build a better life together loads of those stories are found in genesis they are brilliant stories they they have lasted for thousands of years and i can't wait to find out how we think and feel about them how they move us today mm, me too me too very much looking forward to going back to genesis I, my favorite bit of genesis is genesis 1 to 11 and uh I, i'll talk about more why that is um when we uh, when we talk about this in our next episode of the podcast so until then we're going to be enjoying genesis do hope you can join us on that whole journey and uh we'll look forward to chatting about it next time bye bye